1: Welcome back to America's Heroes Group with our partner, VETS, Veterans Employment and Training Service. September is National Suicide Prevention and Hispanic Heritage Month. Today is Saturday, September twenty fourth, two 2022. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. And our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a panelist with us, Ms. Margarita Devlin. She is the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Operations and Management at the U.S. Department of Labor, VETS. We're going to talk about transitioning assistance and the Transitioning Assistance Program, TAP, otherwise known as, and the initiative that that program has brought and the importance of it, of bringing veterans home and then helping them go back into civilian life. How are you doing, Margarita?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. How are you?
1: My pleasure. Doing pretty good. So tell us first what TAPS is and how it all came about.
0: Sure. Happy to. So the Transition Assistance Program, as we know it today, really kind of started with a law that changed everything in 2011. Before that, TAP was sort of up to the command, up to um, individuals to sort of, you know, decide who was going to brief what topics to help the service member know what was available to them. So in 2011, a law was put into place that, that dictated that transition assistance was required of every separating service member and that it would be a consistent programming no matter which installation you were leaving from. So that was in 2011. So I like to say that I like to start there because a lot of our veterans who might be in the audience right now will have transitioned out of the military before then. So I want folks to know it's a little bit different. Now, 2011 was a while ago. Um, We've made changes just about every year, and those changes are made typically based on a combination of uh, laws passed by Congress and also veteran feedback and transitioning service member feedback. So the Transition Assistance Program, as we know it today, is a full week of curriculum. And that week is provided for by DOL, Department of Labor, the Department of Veterans Affairs, Department of Defense, and also the Small Business Administration because some veterans or some service members are interested in entrepreneurship. Uh, Department of Education and Office of Personnel Management are also involved in this. So it's a very multi-federal government agency effort. And really the goal of PAP is just to teach the service member what they need to do to transition effectively into civilian life and to access all the benefits that are available to them. And I'm happy to go into more details and explain it a little bit more, but let me know if you have specific questions.
1: Actually, you did it, actually right on track of what I, what I wanted to know because in one point that I was gonna bring up, what you Brent mentioned was before, cause I, when I got out of the military, I don't remember any kind of a transition. I mean, when I left and I got out of the military, I was in the National Guard, so maybe it's different for Guard members. It was basically, okay, your ETS is uh, whatever it was, June the 8th. <laughs> And that was after June 8th came, I just stopped going back to drill. <laughs> that was the end of it. Nobody talked to me about what – so what are your plans? What are you going to ready to do? Like what – you know, do you want to reenlist? Do you want I – mean, it was nothing. It was just like, okay, I guess my time is up. I'm, I can go home now. And so, with, so before – 1991, what would would have been the process? What would veterans back then experience if they left the military versus after 91 when these types of programs, transition programs, started to come about and started to get developed?
0: So before that, it would depend on the military installation you were at, what type of partnerships they had, what type of staffing. Um, You might have gotten a a really lengthy briefing with a lot of information, or you might have just gotten a see you later, you know, good luck. It just really was so varied across the different installations, which is part of why Congress put this law into place that mandated that service members be offered the opportunity to participate in sort of the full the full curriculum. Mm-hmm. Now we still we realize it's still a classroom experience, right? So it's not the be all end all. You sit through a week's worth of classes to learn what you should learn. But there's a lot of transition, a lot of a lot of being successful in transition relies on some pre-planning, right? The time to plan. So currently, service members can start as early as a year before they separate, or if they're going to be retiring, they can start as early as two years before they separate, before they retire. So we give them – the law gives uh, DOD some broad parameters around how early they can start because we recognize early intervention is is really important.
1: And I want to go back to that because that's something that's really critical, and I heard this before, that the earlier you start – because most people – it's like when you – there was one – NCO or officer to mention this, and he was a TAPS uh, specialist, and he he mentioned that the people that have the most success are the ones that start earlier. They don't start transitioning or the transition process the week or the day before they're getting ready to get the ETS or get out of the military. They're thinking you want to start thinking about this maybe a year or two before that transition comes and maybe even having conversations and even maybe the job of some of our leadership, NCOs and things like that, talking to your troops and your soldiers and your sailors and Marines and service members. What are your plans after the military? What do you want to do after this? You know, Mm -hmm. your your MOS. Is your MOS something that will transition easily into the civilian world? Will you have to get retrained into something else? If you're doing artillery, there's not a lot of artillery jobs out there in the, in the real world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So how do, so what's your, what are your thoughts on that, and how has is, how is the program today addressed that issue?
0: So a lot of different ways. First of all, DOD has opened up what they call the military life cycle, which allows organizations like ours and like the Department of Veterans Affairs To provide programming that can start as early as a session, right? As soon as you, you raise your right hand, you, you take your, you take your pledge and, and you're in the military service, there should be components of your career where you're thinking about what you're going to do after the military because everybody eventually becomes a civilian, right? They, they do, they perform their service and then they leave, they become a civilian. So thinking about their career, there's a, there's a career planning that happens in the very beginning of a service member's career. And that career planning has sort of some continuity throughout their career. And then at, at least a year before separation, they should be starting to talk about what they're going to do when they get out. Now, in terms of MOSs and, and military skills translators, there, there are some tools that help a service member. And those are provided during TAP that help a service member understand, if I were just going to use my experience in the military and go straight into employment, what would that look like? What are the jobs I would be qualified to do today? And Department of Labor's program teaches them how to access that information, how to make that translation, and then also teaches them how to create their resume and highlight their skills because we we know um, from experience that a lot of times um, service members don't really know how to put into civilian terms mm-hmm. what their military experience is. So we teach them how to do that. Uh, in the classroom. And then we also have, we're testing out a pilot right now, based on feedback from veterans, that the TAP class is kind of like drinking from a fire hose. It's so much information. There's so much to think about. And quite honestly, sometimes because of deployments or other things, they may not be able to start a year ahead of time. So we offer a pilot program called the, uh, we always use acronyms, right? ENPP, Employment Navigator and Partnership Pilot. And it's in uh, 13, uh, sorry, 22 installations nationwide. And what this does is it provides one-on-one assistance. So we have these trained individuals who are career counselors who will sit with a service member after they go through the class and work with them one-on-one to help them identify their career path. That's sometimes the hardest piece. What do I want to do in the civilian world? Do I want to do what I did in the military? Or maybe I want to do something completely different. And what would that look like in a pathway? Do I need to go to college? Or could I learn how to do this job on the job through on-the-job training? Are there apprenticeship options where I can go straight into a salary, start earning a living while still learning a new trade, and make a good living that way? Or do I want to go to college? There's so many different paths that a service member could take, um, and so we want to make sure they know how to apply uh, their leadership skills into their resume so that it's well articulated, and also what career path they want to choose and how to get there, how to become competitive for that employment path.
1: There's a YouTube video out um, that you did a few years back, and really great information on that. And you talked about the 2019 Post-Separation Transition Assistance Program Assessment Outcome Study. They wanted to make it longer, but they ran out of words. So it's called the PS or EPS TAP, as as, 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 uh, the acronym goes, as we love acronyms in the military. Tell us, what were some of the things you learned in that study?
0: Wow, you you did some research. That was back when I worked (laughs) for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh yeah, so we did that study and and the reason we did that study and the way we did it is because when you um you know we're very interested in how our service members feel about our classes that we offer, right? It's important that we know do they like the class? Are they feeling confident in their transition when they go through the class? Do they are the facilitators doing a good job? Is the content relevant? So we ask them a short survey while they're in the classroom, as soon as they're done with class, we ask them to tell us about their course experience. And our scores are, are, you know, just great. I mean, 95, 96 percentile, they they really just seem to really like the course and believe that it helps their confidence. But what we really wanted to know is, okay, that's great, but what happens after you separate? Did you still feel that way after you separated? Or when reality hit and you're now a veteran and you're in your community, what does it feel like now? So we wanted to ask them to look back on their experience and TAP and now reflect as a veteran Now that you know what you know, because you didn't know what you didn't know when you were still active duty, Mm -hmm. now what do you think about the course? And so we asked them at three intervals. um, And if I remember right, it was six months, a year, and three years, or 18 months and three years. Don't quote me on that Mm because it's been a while since I've been at the VA. Um, But what the survey really, really showed us was that there were a lot of components of the TAP curriculum that they really could still appreciate. They could look back in time and say, that was really good stuff. It helped me in my transition. Um, We also were able to gather some data on their current employment situation, whether they were seeking health care, and just sort of a well-rounded study of their situation. Um, And, you know, trying to go from memory, I don't want to quote anything from the study and get it wrong, but there were were a lot of positive comments and a lot of positive data points about TAP. Um, I think that Probably the most important thing is that they really don't understand what's going to happen in transition until they get there. Until they, So we, we used to mm-hmm. think of transition as ending at the DDT fourteen, right?
1: Right.
0: Well, we don't do that anymore. We actually codified that transition should be considered to be at least one year before, also at least one year after separation from the military. Mm. Because there's a lot you don't know about what's going to be present in your transition experience after you leave the military. It's kind of like you said. You know, you're, you're just... You know, see you later and you're you're gone. Well, even with all this training that we provide, there are circumstances you can't anticipate. And we wanted to normalize for veterans that that first year is not necessarily going to be super easy. You're not going to remember everything that you learned in TAP. Um, And we wanted to normalize that for them so that they didn't feel like something was wrong if they didn't remember or if they needed help. So one of the things Department of Labor is doing now, and this is also in a pilot phase, but uh, we're getting great reviews from the veterans who have participated is a off base transition training pilot, and it's off base. It's in community um, classrooms across the in these uh, few states that we're pilot testing, and it enables any veteran who separated from the military to go in and get whatever pieces of the TAP class that they still feel like they need. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether you just got out six months ago, whether you, you're in your first year, or whether you've been out for twenty years. If you have. A change in your employment situation, either you've lost a job or you you really just want to change jobs and you want to do a new career or you've just gotten out and, you know, six months has gone by and you're feeling a little lost, whatever your circumstances are, you can come in and you can learn the pieces you need to learn. So, for example, maybe you've got a really great resume and you did that all during, during TAP and you're feeling pretty confident about your resume. But you start going to interviews and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I didn't maybe pay attention to the interview class. I really need to brush up on that. Well, you can just take that module and learn, and you can come in and learn how to interview. Or maybe you realize the importance of LinkedIn, and you didn't quite realize you were going to need it, and now you don't really know the right way to use it. We can, You can come in and just do that module, or you can do all of the modules and basically replicate what you went through in the TAP class. And the really cool thing about it is that even though we're pilot testing it in a few states, We also have it online virtually. So it doesn't matter where you live. If you want to come in and refresh on any of these topics, you can do so. And and I also just want to say the military spouse is a part of the family unit. So for service members who are married, you know, we have a transition course just for military spouses.
1: Um,
0: It's the Transition Employment Assistance for Military Spouses Program, which is acronym TEAM, which is kind of easy (laughs) to remember. (laughs) So the military spouse, of course, can also go through teams to learn everything they need to know about how to get a good job. Um, and then after the veteran and their spouse have gotten into their community and they've settled in, that military spouse can also access the off-base transition training. So they can go together, they can go separately, or maybe one partner needs it and not the other partner. So we're really trying to kind of wrap wrap our arms around that whole experience of transition from before all the way through at least that first year and beyond. Because, you know, honestly, you go through employment transitions so many times in your life, right? And you mm-hmm. never know when you're going to be doing, making a career change where you might need to sit down with a career counselor and go, okay, I don't know how to change my resume from this type of job that I've been doing to this new type of job that I'd like to transition into. Or how do I access an apprenticeship for this type of career that I'd like to start? So we really just want to be there for that veteran really their entire
1: life. Okay, so this now you actually a few questions, but I'm gonna reiterate what you mentioned because these are things that I wanted to ask you about, which is A, you talked about how you can access TAP. So you can do it through the classroom, through different areas or different facilities. And these facilities are on post or on a, on a base or are they, can, are they anything off post?
0: The TAP classes
1: are on the base. Okay, but you can also do it through online.
0: You can. We, we prefer, um, that service members attend in person. It's really a much better experience, you know, to be in person. But throughout COVID with the pandemic, we did convert to virtual and we, we did all the tap classes in a virtual environment. So we can still do that. We learned a lot about how to make the virtual environment, you know, still interactive and, and make it a good learning experience. So we still offer that uh, if the service member needs it or, or prefers it.
1: And then also, which is really important, because um, when you transition, it's really not just the veteran. It's also the veteran plus their family that transitions. Yeah. So you have services and also information for the family as well, particularly for spouses of military members, and they can access it through the same means, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they let can. me ask you this. So people that – who has the easier transition? Is it the veteran who's been in for five years and gets out or the or the lifer who's been in for 20 years but is now retiring from them from a from a, a career at forty five or forty because they they came in when they were twenty they been, they did their twenty years or twenty two years or twenty three years and now they're forty five and it's the rest and it's the rest of their life they look forward to now so who who has the more difficult transition from your experience?
0: You know, transition is really just a very individual experience, right? So. Um, categorically speaking, I think that individuals who have gone, who have stayed in the military longer, have made it a career. Probably have higher level leadership experiences, right? And in some cases, they may have even gotten some college under their belt while they were in, or they may have come in already as officers with some college. So there's some advantages to that. But I'll tell you, it's um, it's really just a very unique and individualized experience. So a younger service member coming out right now has the forever GI bill. They mm-hmm. can go go to college, they can get, you know, the stipend and they can really just uh devote some time to preparing for a career. But also, they might want to get into a career right away. They might have, you know, a family, uh a spouse and children, and so they may need to start earning a living right away, in which case they can go into an apprenticeship option. So but that might be a little bit more challenging, right? They might not really know what they want to do. There's also sort of expectation management with uh, salary expectations. When you're in the military, and you know this because you were in the military, there's a lot wrapped into your, you know, what you bring home in terms of your pay. There's housing. There's all sorts of other benefits. When you become a civilian employee, some of those things change for you. And so um, salary expectations can sometimes be a little bit of a shock for, for veterans that were in for a longer time. But I can't really say to you that it's easier or harder for one or the other. It's very individualized.
1: Hmm. That's interesting because, um, because a lot of guys I've known um, – that have left the military who are lifers, it seems that um from my personal experience it seems like they had a little bit of a trickier time because it seemed like you when you're in the military and like in this time warp, everything everything's moving at a different speed and they come back, it's like you just, like you stepped into Back to the Future and all of a sudden you're Marty McFly in nineteen eighty five and <laughs> and it's like what you used to nineteen fifty five, what happened in nineteen fifty five. So and so and my brother going through that as a Navy vet. I mean he he was in the military for a long, long time. He just he's still trying to get used to cell phones. You know, and that's and that's something that's like, and so it would you you would think that you might have a different approach for a person who's older versus a person who's younger. But you're saying it's individualized, so you have so it's not just about a general program where everybody yeah. gets the same speech like we're used to in the military. You know, for, for the most part, it's it's right. a, it's an individualized pers- uh, approach. So let me ask you this: so how is tap evolving? To today, How, What are the changes that are, being ha- that are happening to now from all the information you've taken in and all the experiences you have? What do you, what, do you, what do you see a TAP going to?
0: Well, so the one thing is what I mentioned earlier about, you know, you, you have this classroom experience, right? And, yes, it's interactive, and, and some of the military installations will do kind of a, a separate course for the um, officers, you know, it, kind of a leadership-focused one versus the, the younger enlisted Um, Some installations will do that, and for that reason, right, to kind of tailor-make it a little bit to the the audience. But it's that individualized assistance. So it's one thing to get classroom learning, and we think we do a pretty good job of that based on the feedback we get from service members. But that's why we're doing the Employment Navigator Initiative, so that when you finish with the classroom, you're going to be – everybody in that classroom is going to be at a different level. They range anywhere from, yep, I've already worked on a draft resume. Now I've learned something. I can go make it better. I already kind of know what I want to do when I when I get out all the way from that to I have not the slightest idea. I haven't mm. started a resume. This is all great information, but I'm overwhelmed, right? So there's a whole range of what that individual will be feeling in the classroom. So being able to walk out of the classroom and sit down with a career counselor to say, "Okay, I need I need some help because I'm not really sure where to go from here or how to start." Or even if you do know what you want to, what you want to do and and you feel pretty confident you might still want to meet with that person to go, okay, I kind of know what I want to do. I think I've got a pretty good resume, but I'd love for somebody to take a look at it and also help kind of guide my path to finding a job. What organizations can I work with? And we have some vetted partners that we can refer veterans uh, or service members who are transitioning to get that kind of assistance. Um, So we are evolving to trying to... Um, make the best of, you know, the fact that when there's 200,000 service members leaving the military each year, mm-hmm. you, you have to do some things in groups, right? But being able to offer that one-on-one assistance to those individuals who need it, I think is, is really proving to be helpful. Those individuals have given us great feedback about the ability to work one on one with somebody.
1: And that's the thing I didn't quite understand. So you I think you brought some clarity to it, which is when you leave. So if you're going through tap, you actually can get one-on-one, um, counseling or one-on-one help so it's not like you just take a class or go to see a class and you walk out and that's the end of it you're actually sitting down with someone who can kind of guide you through the process or however however long that process takes is that right
0: in in the states where we're doing um this navigator pilot yes you have right there on the installation you've got the person you can work with one-on-one when you walk out of the classroom where we don't have that there's still help available to you there's the um American uh, job centers, which are all over the country, we do, DOL provides funding to those job centers to serve veterans. So, in, and if you go to our website, the easiest thing for people to remember, I think, is just remember www.dol for Department of Labor.gov. And if you go there and you look for under agencies for Veterans Employment and Training Service, you'll find all the resources I'm talking about. How do I ro- enroll in the off base transition? How do I find this career service that you're telling me about? I've been a veteran for 10 years, one year, 20 years. I want this one-on-one help. You can go there, look for the career one-stop, and you can find the one in your area. And you can either go in in person and work one-on-one. Some people prefer the in-person kind of relationship experience. Or you can access the services virtually and talk to somebody on the phone or by Zoom. So that's why I was trying to say, like, we're here for the whole life of the veteran's from when they are in the military, also for Guard and Reservists, you mentioned that. That's a great thing for OBTT because um, a lot of times, you know, you don't transition the same way as an active duty member transitions. You're not with a group of people necessarily in a military installation. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you come right back to a community. So we want to make sure we have uh, access to off-base transition training for our military service members who are serving in the Guard and in the Reserves um, and make sure that we can reach them better.
1: I think that's really important um, that you give us a lot of great information and want to iterator it again. Now, this is, on, is this just on the DOL website or is it also on the VA website?
0: Uh, the VA website, DOL and DOD all have the transition assistance program okay. um, listed with resources. But if you want to really access the, the employment-focused resources, especially after you get out of the military, I would go to DOL.gov.
1: DOL.gov, ladies and gentlemen, uh, service members out there, veterans, DOL.gov, that's where you want to go to to get the employment portion of TAP because TAP has a lot of other things going on with mental health and other things. But but particularly for employment, the DOL website is where you want to go to and get those resources. Also, you can look at America's Heroes Group's website and get information from us as well so we can direct you to the right places. We really appreciate your time. You've given us a lot of information, and we got to have you back on the show to have more this this information going out there because we, we just touched and kind of scratched the surface of what you guys are doing. And there's a lot more stuff that we can go into, and, and the program is evolving, and there's a lot of stuff we want to keep up with and know how it evolves and how things turn out as we transition to make this new journey into the next phase of the military and also the veteran world in, in the future. But thanks for your time, Ms. Devlin.
0: Thank you for having me, and um, I'd like to come back anytime you'd like to have me back.